banter do you have this week sir? i told you no witty banter not no witty, this time we're not doing it we're, no we're serious that. we're serious welcome to talking upstream where now we are 100 serious 100 of the time serious dylan right, serious zach only uh anyway that dude that opening song is so cool <laughs> so good. every time i hear it it's like this is really good uh special thanks to jared gleason for making that song it is really really cool and we try to work it into everything we do it's good enough that we talk about him before we introduce who we are or what the show is that's true it's just a good song okay anyway so my name is zach and this is dylan over here uh he's on the other camera uh we are some nobodies this is our website right here and what you're watching is talking upstream and talking upstream is a 90 minute writer's room style show where dylan and i kind of figure out how to make a concept that we're probably going to turn into a podcast or something. Probably. If you know us, we make a lot of shows. We have shows like Silicon Angels. We have a show called Podcast, Podcast, a podcast show where we review bad podcasts and other podcasts that aren't bad. Podcasts and podcast accessories. Yeah. That, you know, bad name. Yeah. Either way, we got about 12 shows going on. And the way that we create shows is that I come to Dylan with a very stupid idea and then Dylan helps me <laughs> turn it into something that's actually kind of creative. Um, people started watching our meetings and sitting in our meetings and said it was pretty clever and that they would not mind watching us do this anyway. So we decided to turn this into a show. So what the show is, is that Dylan comes to the table with an idea. I come to a table with an idea and usually we figure out which one to work on. Yeah. Uh, that got kind of hard for us because my ideas are very good and Dylan is a brat. So what we did was we decided to have a guest. Don't it's okay. I'm adjusting my earphones. Don't worry about it. I thought it. you were home alone again. <laughs> uh, so we decided to have a guest come on and actually help us pick this thing to go through. We have a great guest today. Uh, do you want to introduce the guest? Yeah. So uh, please give a welcome hand wherever you are to Mike from the podcast Whack Brackets. I guess I'll provide a hand. Oh, hey, hey. How, how you guys doing today? Hello, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Doing great. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Oh, right on. Dude, it looks so great where you are. Where, yeah. where, where are you located? We're in, we're in Colorado. Where are you located? I'm just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. Right on. Are you like on a porch? It looks so cool there. <laughs> uh, this is an enclosed porch, yes. Uh, wow. I was fortunate enough before uh, we went on our kind of semi-lockdown to have my porch enclosed, which has been excellent because this is now my office and kind of where I hang out. But before that, fortunately, I'm not outside. It looks like I'm outside because I used to be outside. Jealous. Yeah, me too. I'm, we're stuck <laughs> yeah, in here. I'm yeah. an outside thing. Yeah. Uh, so we met you, Mike, uh, on Instagram first and through your show, Whack Brackets. Um, I don't think that I'll do as good of a job explaining what your show is better than you can. So why don't you go ahead and explain your show and where people can find you? All righty. Uh, Whack Brackets, pretty much what I do is I bracket off different uh, contestants against one another in random contests. For example, I might bracket off, I might do pets and for one round. It might be a cat who would be more likely to cut you off in traffic, probably the cat. And then that would go on to the next round and that cat would face whoever won in the first round of a different question. So a cat may face a guinea pig in the second round and that may be more likely to 
cut in front of you in line at the Goodwill. So you just kind of have random questions with random contestants and doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a lot of fun to talk about and just have random silly arguments. That's what the whole entire podcast is about. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did cars, which was uh, more we car did. talk than I have done in, I think, the rest of my life combined. Yeah, that is that was a lot of car talk, mm-hmm. and I'm not good at cars, but I'm pretty sure I won that. I think I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> Um, not, I don't know anything about cars either, so you guys, uh, you guys helped helped me get through it. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for being on that as well. Yeah. Oh no, we had a great time, and luckily Dylan is a big Ford fan, so uh, yeah, gave me gave me some some fodder. Um, so the reason that we have this show is because we're trying to talk our way up to a streaming service. We're trying to create something that somebody would want to buy. So if we go to Hulu or Netflix, if there was a pinnacle or a like a, like a peak to whack brackets, like an ideal goal. Where would you like to take whack brackets? I've never really thought about that. That's a great question. Where would I like to take whack brackets? As far as I can, honestly, just having on podcasters and really just getting to know people has been a lot of fun for me. I would love to have more listeners. I think we all would, Uh, you know, but as far as really what my goal is, have fun, just reach out, be fun with the audience and hopefully engage people in silly conversations. So I hopefully am doing that and, if I'm not, then tell me, and I'll try to do a better job. <laughs> yeah, we also uh, we listened to a podcast that you were on, a different podcast that's actually on our mm-hmm. show a couple weeks ago, uh, Puzzled Minds. And yes. uh, yeah, that show that you were on with them was a, was a pretty good show. Um, of, of all the crazy questions that you've come across while interviewing people or talking to people, what was some of the weirdest stories that you've heard while interviewing a different podcaster? Wow. Um on air or off air? That's a, <laughs> I guess that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? As far as weird stories, I'll, I'll tell you some of the fun things I found is the great thing about interviewing podcasters or interviewing anyone, especially from different locations, is you just come across things you didn't know existed. For example, have you guys ever heard of a long Furby? A long Furby? Are you talking yes. about like the thing on the internet where people will centipede furbies together kind of sort of yes what they do is they take the face of a furby and they make it very long i've never heard of any of these things and they will pretty much haunt your dreams if you look them up they're scary as all get out so long story short i think one of the more interesting things and uh, i had a couple of guests on from phil and nadia's unreal prognosis they're great people and long and short of it is phil dropped this long furby during one of my whack brackets i'd never heard of it i instantly looked it up and I've been scarred for life because of it. So if your viewers have never seen a long Furby, please look one up. It's equal parts traumatizing and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think Dylan just I looked just at did. It. Uh, yeah, I've seen those. Oh, it's do I need to look at it? Nah. All right, cool. I'm not going to it. <laughs> not on the air. We won't be able to do the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh so I mean you make up a whole bunch of brackets every every episode. You put together a whole thing. Do you have any brackets? in real life that are not yours, which you follow March Madness, um, fake March Madness that your workplace might put together. Royal Rumble. Yes, that's what sort of The Wimble. <laughs> you know what? I really don't anymore. I used to be a big fan of sports. I ended up just getting too busy to follow sports and whatnot as much as I used to. Uh, but I did always like the bracketing concept. I always found that to be interesting, just the, the way it works out. I'm a, I'm a math nerd. 
So I always, okay. I kind of, I learned mathematics, honestly, from when I was a child, uh, figuring out the numbers that actually worked in brackets. If you used a two by two, you, you realize mm -hmm. you could two, four, eight, 16, 32. If you use three by three, it was like three, nine, 27, 81. So yeah, I just kind of, it, it always intrigued me how you could take different sets of numbers and ultimately get them down to one. And as far as do I follow any in particular? Not really. Um, I've, I just enjoy the concept. That's yep. about it. All right. I guess the NFL, when when the NFL playoffs get down to it, I'm I'm a Saints fan, so I will watch I will watch my Saints play in the NFL playoffs. Otherwise, right. I'm kind of bracket it out. Um, in any of your episodes, is there a particular contestant you feel was unfairly cheated out of a victory? Is there anyone that you really you really went for that your guest might have dis uh, disagreed with? It seems like every episode. The thing that I learn is that I come up with this great idea of how this bracket going to go out. I, I lay them out somewhat so the questions will make sense. And usually in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, this is this is how it's going to lay out. But then it doesn't. I think probably the episode that I won't say I was most disappointed in because that's not true because I had a great time. I had on podcasters from several episodes for my I had an election special, but it was old politicians. It was previous presidents. And one of the questions can't recall the actual question, but I remember being very, very much in uh, Chester Arthur's court and William Taft won the question. It was one of those where we ended up having a long discussion. I think it may have been, may have been something about beer drinking. I don't recall. Long story oh. short is I believe that Chester Arthur deserved to win and William Taft won. And yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. And they gave Taft, I think the thing that bothered me, and I love all the podcasters, but they gave Taft the win because of his size. But in reality, Chester mm -hmm. Arthur was, was should have been the winner. So. It's not often you come across somebody who's really rooting for Chester A. Arthur. No. <laughs> <laughs> or talking about him at all. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Two-time president, though. Yeah. Not consecutive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, weird. One of the, I think the only one. The only one. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so you have to create cool brackets, and you got to obviously, I guess – go through the storyline of how these brackets are going to go down. Do you ever get into a creation sense where you're writing stories or creating fiction for any reason? Uh, not outside of the whack brackets. What I do is I actually cheat a little bit as I think most podcasters do is I used to go in kind of just, shh, I used to kind of go in free will and try try to just let everything fly. And the thing you realize about letting things fly is your creativity can only take you so far especially if, if you're kind of in a corner you didn't expect. You, you, you try to talk yourself out of it, but it helps to have a few notes. So a lot of times when I'm creating these brackets, I come up with at least a storyline and, and I'll keep, I'll, you know, here's, here's one of my old brackets right now where I'll, I come up with my A's and my B's and then if these guys go through how it's going to go through with that. So yeah, I'm sort of creating all the stories as I'm going along and trying to run the permutations through my head. I don't get them all. But by and large, I'm almost creating a story for every question. And if this one wins and this one. So it's yeah. as far as do I write outside of that? No, I, I tend not to be overly creative to begin with. So this is about all of the creativity I can muster up outside of that. I like to sleep a lot and eat some. Yeah, I respect that. Classic. Uh, do you listen to podcasts also? Like, I, obviously, you're creating them. I know you're on your own puzzle minds and other podcasts. Yeah. Is there anything you listen to that are your like your go to's? Yeah, right now, probably my favorites is uh, a couple of my favorites is I do like the center cut. Those guys are fabulous. They're hilarious. Uh, I love Trashy Trashy. They're a great podcast. Yeah. And 
as far as kind of those are all independent podcasts. I've listened to some of your guys, the podcast, podcast, a podcast about podcasts, I think is the name of it, which absolutely cracks me up. I I am equal parts horrified for you guys to have me on that podcast as well as curious to see what you would say about my podcast. <laughs> but but with that said, I love listening to indie podcasters. I think by and large, they tend to be more more real. There are a few I like. I think all fantasy everything or all fantasy anything is probably my go-to kind of it's a head gum podcast. It's pretty mainstream. Oh, yeah. And a couple of MMA podcasts, uh, believe you me, with Michael Bisping and Louis, Louis Gomez. I love those. But by and large, I stick to the indie stuff. That's what I really like. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so going back to your show, is there any sort of – is there a bracket that you've wanted to put together but haven't really either found an opportunity to use or you're not sure that you will use? Like, Is there something you really want to cover that you haven't done yet? I. Uh, Maybe I would say this. It, I try to keep the brackets. If somebody comes in with an idea, as long as I can do enough research on it, I'll I'll tend to follow up with whatever the guest wants because every episode I have guests on pretty much. So if I'll say, "What do you want to do?" and I'll try to. If I'm not super familiar with it, I'll do whatever they want to do. As far as what I would like to do, uh, I've started limiting some of my podcasts down to four contestants. I used to do eight. And the nice thing about four contestants is I found it hard, especially with the eight contestants, because what would happen is it's it, sometimes you have a great idea, but when you say we need eight of these to make this work, you can't get eight. And an upcoming episode, fortunately, was one that when I was trying to come up with eight companies, we're going to do evil tech companies. So trying to come up with eight evil tech companies and make a fun bracket out of it was difficult. But when you limit it down to four, you can roll those off the top of your head. So, mm -hmm. so the good news is, is I'm not against doing any bracket. As you've probably seen, I'll do brackets about – I had Thanksgiving food. I did cars. I'll do anything. So as far as is there one that I'm looking forward to, that was one that I was looking forward to that I really couldn't get my head around until – and until we limited it down to four. And so we'll have an evil tech company bracket. I think it'd be the first one for whack brackets this All upcoming right. year, but, but yeah, whatever I will literally rack it off any and everything. Uh, no shame. I was going to say, how do you only limit it to eight? Yeah. How do you limit it? Not how do you come up with eight? <laughs> right. But, just limit it. Yeah. Hey, that's just me. Yeah. Well, it depends. Sometimes it's a, yeah. I guess for the tech companies, yeah, there are only four of them. Yeah, yeah there's not many. I, I think the trick is, too, is that you want companies that make a good bracket. As I mentioned, it's a lot of times I try to set the questions up where the first round, especially with the eight bracket, what works for these two competitors may not work for these two competitors. And you kind of have to set it up where the, the matches are interesting. And then the second mm -hmm. round, the matches are interesting. You have to leave the third round in the eight-question brackets where – it's pretty open-ended. So whoever comes through, you have a pretty open dialogue. So there's a, there's kind of a dance that you have to do with it, but yeah, it's like you mentioned, sometimes I'll have presidents was a great one where actually I did four by four brackets in that one because we had so many. So I ended up with a like 16 ex presidents and a four by four. So you just change things up and, and see what works, see what sticks. And I think you guys know that from the kind of stuff you do sometimes, sometimes you have a great idea and it, it lies just falls flat, and sometimes you think this won't work, and then you'll get response back from somebody. Go, wow, that's that was really a lot better than I expected. Thanks for putting that out. Oh. There, so. Yeah. Um, so you have a lot of people in there that are fighting for something to win a category. Has right. there been like a fight that's kind of gone almost overboard, or like a fight that's kind of got like pretty explosive? Uh, any of those kind of interesting fights? 
No, and I think the reason is, is primarily I will get on just like I did with you guys. I will get on podcasters that already have a rapport. I listen to the podcast beforehand. Uh, my podcast can get a little R-rated, which um, that being said is we do, you know, we'll we'll kind of fight each other. I'll fight whoever, but it's not, it's all a good fun. I make sure that the people I bring on, I try to vet them pretty well. I've I've had some people reach out. Uh, I'll listen to podcasts usually a lot of times, and I'll reach out to the people like I did with Tad and June for Puzzled Minds. I listen to those guys, and you, they argue with each other all the time on the show, mm -hmm. but it's very friendly and it's very fun. So I really try to limit it to that, and I try not. I thought I think it was great my episode with the election podcast because I knew all of those people well, and I'd had them on the show, and I trusted them all. But I would be leery to bring in podcasters that I don't have a history with and kind of add that dynamic, that cross dynamic, because sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get. But fortunately, like I said, with you guys, I brought on known elements. You guys know how you're interacting with each other. I'm impossible to upset for the most part. So I, I try to keep it pretty light. We've, yeah. we've learned the importance of vetting guests oh. and our appearances on other people's shows <laughs> in the past. Yeah, early on, we would just say yes to a lot of things <laughs> and we would get asked the weirdest oh. questions like, we got to start doing some research on this. Yeah. This show up on everybody's shows. There's some pretty <laughs> bad stuff out there. Um, is there a topic that you are very close to that you will not do a bracket on because you don't want people to talk bad about it? No. No, I'm really open towards towards people talking about anything. The one thing I think that you guys mentioned that you don't like on this show, and I don't like on my show, is political talk. I find that to be exhausting and just not very entertaining or interesting for the most part. So – as far I think everybody's close to politics to some degree, whether they want to be or not, I don't find that to be interesting and I don't like it. But as far as everything else, there's humor to be found just about everywhere as long as you're willing to accept it and be open to the fact that you know, just have to you have to have an open mind. But now as far as being close to a topic or anything and, and having a problem with putting it on there and having people make fun of it or rib at it, I'm an open book. I really have yeah. it just doesn't bother me. So, I've got pretty thick skin. I've been in customer service long enough that literally I've I've been called every name in the book so many times that there's nothing generally that anyone can do to offend me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that yeah, I'm pretty close <laughs> to that. I think if they call me boring, I'd be upset. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be it. Just boring yeah. is one of the few well, things. Well, I mean, whatever they call me, I'd have to respect their opinion for it to matter at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so you're talking about people fighting on your show. Uh, if mm -hmm. you had to choose a podcast to fight, which one would you choose? I'll choose a podcast to fight. You know what? I guess because I fight with these guys all the time in a great way, it's it would probably be the center cut. I love those guys, and okay. they would since it would be a two on one. I would probably lose. Uh, I don't honestly. I don't have a lot of podcasts I listen to that has a solo podcaster, and I would be a terrible podcast as a solo podcaster, which is why I bring on guests. So I'm I'm going to be at a disadvantage unless I can find a couple of eight or nine year olds that podcast. Maybe I'd have a chance against them. That's one of those old questions about how many five year olds could you yeah. fight? There's whatever it is. So I'm not sure I could defeat too many, but long and short of it is yeah. it's be the center cut guys because they're always they always bring a really interesting podcast. If it was one podcast, there is one guy, the Mustachio Podcast, Joe Daniel. Uh, I think he's about the only single podcaster I listen to. So if it's not the center cut, it's it's Daniel. Well, we have a special guest. Let's bring on now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring on this fight. Um, <laughs> we, we find that uh, podcasters that 
have an interesting show, not just shows where they're just kind of talking about Star Wars or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but we find that a lot of podcasters are interesting to talk to because they've experienced a lot throughout their life. Um, and a lot of podcasters experience some pretty uh, big failures also. Do you want to talk about like a big failure that you've gone through or is there sure. Yeah, actually, I, I don't mind. I think that's the one thing, and not to try to sound grandiose or anything, is I've, to me, there's no failure in trying. And even if something doesn't succeed the way you planned it to, you learn something from it. And probably my biggest failure is I've, I have had online games, I've written online games since my late 20s. I've actually written games my entire life, uh, primarily computer games. And I have an online horse racing game called DerbyFever.com. I have a lot of users on it, but I wrote a football game and I thought it would be very successful. I was convinced it was going to be successful since my horse racing game has a pretty, uh, pretty unique audience and very passionate audience. I was like, I can do the same thing for football, but I think what I didn't take into account is the competition. There's not a lot of competition to write a horse racing game. You realize that it's a very kind of a niche product, whereas everybody writes a football game. And I went through thinking that maybe I was, Better may be the wrong word, but maybe I figured things out better than other people, and I realized relatively quickly that the football game was twice as much work and not nearly as much fun and a lot more headache. And yeah, so I spent a lot of time. I probably spent probably spent a good year and a half developing that game and getting it on the market, thinking that I was really had the best game since sliced bread. Not that sliced bread's a very good game, but if it were. Um, but that being said, I, it was a it was an utter complete failure on my behalf. Uh, it, the game still exists, and it's run by a very passionate guy that still runs the game, and he does a great job with it. But it was a game that I I thought would be a lot more successful financially and kind of have traction, and it just wasn't. Well, yeah, we definitely know that. Like you know, obviously failures kind of wrap around your successes, and like you said, it's just, you're trying, and failure is not a failure; it's just a side success or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, there is there is no shame in failure. There is no shame in failure. There is only a shame in not trying. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, now on the opposite end, uh, some success stories. It seems like everyone everyone we talk to also has a celebrity run in where they they've met a celebrity, they've seen a celebrity, they have a story about a celebrity that is unique to them. Uh, do you have a celebrity story? You know what? I don't, as bad as that sounds. I was actually asked this question at work recently. They have a something where you fill out, hey, you had a celebrity run in. What's your most notable celebrity run in? And I literally, the best I could come up with, it really wasn't a run in. There's a small band. They had a kind of a hit song in the 90s from Chicago named Local H. And their singer, I've been to several of the shows and I talked to him Uh kind of at the merch booth and not like anybody's lining up to see him very often or anything, but no, no celebrity run-ins. I'm just not very interesting. I don't get out of the house much. This whole lockdown thing really hasn't changed my day-to-day -day life too much. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Yeah, yeah, Dylan's been on lockdown for like the last eight years. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Uh, now we, we are uh, nerd fans. We, we uh, live and bathe in nerd culture. And mm -hmm. another thing we found out is that everyone we talk to also has a uh a love of to some degree of batman batman has been in everyone's life since they were born unless you were older than i think what 90 Ooh, it's a while uh, now. 30s or whatever um so in your opinion i, I haven't gotten into like thinning i haven't gotten anything off you that says that you're like a big nerd or a batman fan but do you have a favorite batman or version of batman you know what i i do know batman and i i 
I was always more Team Marvel than Team DC. As far as the Batman movies, if there was a favorite version of the Batman, so to speak, then it'd probably just be Michael Keaton because he was the one I was most familiar with. I really haven't kept up a lot with the newer Batman movies. I do know that Ben Affleck is terrible as Batman, it seems. Uh, but as far as my favorite Batman, the Batman comics that I was familiar with are probably the ones that were Batman got grittier. I think that's the thing is early on Batman, of course, with with his parents being you know, murdered in the alley. That's a pretty dark backstory. And some of those early ones with the Joker, but I think I, when I was growing up and I had comic books, there was definitely a very specific time, I think, where Comic Book Code of America became a big thing. And a lot of those comics became somewhat cheesy. DC particularly was a lot more cheesy than Marvel for a spell. And I think that that's why I gravitated towards Marvel. So really, I never got back into the DC universe. I was always... And if you want to hear my opinion on Spider-Man and Iron Man, I don't like that Iron Man is the center of the Marvel Universe now because I grew up as Spider-Man was the center of my Marvel Universe. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not even a big Avengers fan, the movies, because to me, you couldn't have Marvel without Spider-Man. So to, for yeah. having all that time, they tried to build a universe without Spider-Man. It, it fell flat for me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, and you, you've mentioned one of our shows, podcast, podcast, a podcast show where we try to find very, very bad podcasts and some good podcasts too. Um, but, uh, bad podcasts. What would you say is the worst podcast idea you can think of? <laughs> the worst podcast idea I could think of. Uh, I won't say it's the worst idea I could think of, but there's so many true crime podcasts. I find that to be kind of morbid curiosity, uh, especially when they mentioned real people's names and things of that nature and, and things that people would probably rather forget. And you'll see a podcast and and I do know some, some true crime podcasters and hopefully I don't offend them with this, but I find it at least in my opinion, somewhat to be in bad taste to be bringing up things that only happened several years ago, investigations that are still ongoing and to be kind of an amateur sleuth and come up with these amateur theories because you read some articles is that a bad podcast idea? No, because they get a great amount of listeners. So I guess technically they're doing a lot better than I am most likely, but I don't like those, those sorts of podcasts. That's a, I'm not sure if that's the exact answer you were looking for. If you want a really bad answer, maybe a clown podcast where you interview clowns in character. I have no idea. I'd probably be pretty rough. Uh, there's definitely a layer, a layer of like voyeurism to certain true crime podcasts. That's why yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the true crime. I like the like stuff that talks about conspiracy theories and cryptids. And that oh yeah, thing. yeah, that's yeah, great that's stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think all that started with Rotten.com. It was like one of the first mm. websites. I think that was it. When people it was like, first yeah. shock website. Hey, I think I'm interested in death. Um, <laughs> okay, well, obviously, uh, we're, we're talking New Year off. We, we love you, Mike. Obviously, uh, we had a great time on your show. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so we're going to get to, uh, I guess, our part of the show, if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Um, so what this part of the show is, is this is where Dylan and I bring a very weird or stupid sometimes idea or question to the table and then see if we can work this into a movie, comic book, TV, board game, something, something, something. Uh, and because we don't want to make that decision anymore, you're going to do it for us. Um, now, last week, uh, my suggestion that did not get uh, picked was we ended up calling it Murder AMA. And what the idea is, is that a guy wanted to have a movie made about his life. So he decided to create the hundred best movie murders. And he started recreating these movie murders. And then through Reddit, 
they kind of help him solve the uh, help catch him before. So think of like seven meets Reddit and oh. movie murder. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I'm gonna call it Murder AMA because uh, that's a very it's a good, Reddit. It's a good title. Yeah, it's a very Reddit thing, and uh, yeah, I think this guy's gonna want to get caught. So uh, hundred best movie murders recreated for Reddit. Recreated for Gross. Reddit. Um, <laughs> And then um, I had this thought over the course of this last week. I was talking to a friend at work, and we were just kind of walk, talking about genie wishes. And, like, you know, the obvious, like, if you could, if you had three genie wishes what would, with the standard rules, what would you wish? And one of the ideas was, I wish that any time I reached into my pocket, I, had, I could get exactly what I needed at the moment. So it's like, you need some change for the bus pocket, enough change. Mm. You need, uh, like, I don't know some floss or something or a nail clipper you got it right there for you hmm. and then the idea is turned to well what if one day you reach into your pocket and you pulled out a gun oh or so, something similar like yeah. yeah or like a so, knife a big obvious like not a utility knife but a knife right so this thing gives you what you need you just don't know why you need it not necessarily yeah oh, you, you kind of cool. like you know you make the assumption like oh here a nail clipper i've got a hang nail then you reach in and you pull out like a Glock or something. It's okay. Like, what are wait, you why do I need this? What are you going to call this? Uh, hmm, I don't know. G Swiss Dark, Army Genie. Dark Genie. Swiss Army Dark Genie. Ge Dark Genie. I don't know. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dark Genie. <laughs> Get rid of that. Oh, God. Dollar we're... sign Dark Genie. Do yeah, here we go. Because <laughs> it's, it's on Twitch, so it's for the kids now. Uh <laughs> Dark sign, dark genie. Dark genie. Uh, that's probably not the best name. No, it's not. But, we'll uh, figure out. We don't need the title now. Yeah, but that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Okay, so Mikey from Whack Brackets, yes. you need to pretty please choose one of these two stories and hopefully see if Dylan and I can turn one of these things into something. So, which one would you like to see? Man, I don't know. It depends. If I'm MC Hammer and I've got very big pants and very big pockets, this dark genie show is going to go some crazy places. So. So you know what? The murder AMA show sounds decent, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the dark genie. All right. All right. Ah, two in a row. Yeah. Good job, it's man. About time. Okay, dark genie. <laughs> we had to give me a pity choice on the <laughs> summit episode because I lost five times in a row. Actually, that was one of our best episodes, though. But I'll, I'll, I'm gonna stand by that. Uh, okay, Mike. So before we get into this thing, uh, real quick, do you want to tell people what your show is, where they can find you, et cetera, et cetera? Pitch anything. Sell me something. Sure. You know what? I'll tell you where you can reach me. You can reach me on all the social media platforms at Whack Brackets because that's my podcast name. And I was fortunate enough to get them on all the media platforms, the Instagrams and the tweeters and the Facebooks. And you can also reach out to me at email. You can send it to anything at whackbrackets.com. You can honestly send it to darkgenie at whackbrackets.com. I'll get that. Seriously, anything at whackbrackets.com, I will get. And yeah, just uh, check out my episodes if you get a chance. Obviously, check out the episode with with my boys here with Dylan and Zach and that was the cars episode, but we have a lot of episodes from other indie podcasters have fun with everybody. I haven't had one bad guest on it yet. So if nothing else, I'm having a good time, but yeah, check it out. That's where you can reach me on all the social media platforms and all places that good and especially bad podcasts are served. <laughs> well, all right. Excellent. Yeah. So please go check out whack brackets. If you're uh, a fan of any kind of really interesting podcast, not just people talking about star Wars, which is annoying. Um, <laughs> Now, Mike, we're going to spend the next hour figuring out what the story is. Uh, we would actually love it if you could hang out with us and figure this out and yep. try to make it a more interesting story since I talk to Dylan all the time. Uh, that is cool. So um, before we get into this, yeah. 
quick thank yous, right? Yeah. Uh, International Broadcast Media Television, IBM TV. Thank you guys very much for having us on here and letting us ramble and chat and talk to our friend Mike sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, special thanks to some other people, Scott Curtis and his show, Behind the Bits. Uh, awesome dude. Great podcaster. Yeah. Uh, is an award-winning interviewer. Quite literally. Right now. Yeah, which is cool. And if you're in a podcast, you can always go to listener apps. So just go to Instagram at the greatest podcast app. That's a very cool one. If you want to see the words instead of just hear things, if you want to remember people's jokes, remember the thing, go to listener app. Um, you ready to get in this? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So Dark Genie. <laughs> yeah. Not a good name. No, but, you know, we'll find something else for yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was my, I don't know why I said that. I said that, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure Did why. you say that? I don't know. I don't know why you said that. It was a bad name. Anyway, okay, so your well, idea. Let's start out with Swiss Army Pants, though. I kind of liked that one. Swiss Army Pants is pretty good. Swiss Army Pants is actually a way better Swiss name. Swiss Army Wish? Swiss uh, Army Wish? Swiss, Ar- uh, Swiss Army Pants is pretty good. All right, we'll keep that. Yeah. That's way better than We'll use that to refer. Right we'll refer to it as that in this episode, at least. All right, Swiss Army Pants. <laughs> cool. Okay. So the idea is that a person finds a, I guess, like a, a lamp. Yeah, right? I'll assume we don't need to do anything too revolutionary with a genie idea. So it's, it's a genie. Yeah. They find a lamp with a genie. Yeah. And the first wish they have is, I wish that I would always have whatever I needed when I reached into my pocket. Yeah. I always have what I need on my person. Okay. That's a cool wish. Um, so we know as far as characters go, we have a person and mm-hmm. a genie as for right now. So we got a character one mm-hmm. and then we got our genie. Now, what what kind of story? Is this like a movie? What, what do, you, do you see it this? Could be a, it could be a movie, I think. Yeah. I'm not seeing it as episodic. Unless, no. unless it's like every episode he pulls it. Unless we do the mystery every episode where you yeah. like find something weird in the pocket and he goes, what do I need this for? And then the 22-minute episode is him using it. So, I mean, magical CSI doesn't sound too That's bad. not bad. But no. I don't like that. But I think we take magic CSI and we do that on a different episode. Yeah, write that down. We'll write that down. <laughs> uh, Mike, so do you see this as a standalone movie or do you see this as a series or – Maybe a, like a like a comic or a cartoon. This, this seems like a movie for some reason to me. You know, initially I was thinking movie, but after the the kind of the procedural idea, I think there there is some some quality yeah. to be had there because it does. Like we said, you pull in. Of course, the first episode is probably very similar. It's just the introductory. So you reach in, you're pulling up floss, etc. As was said, and then at the end of the first episode, you pull out the gun, and it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Then you go into the second episode, and why did I need the gun? And then, oh, so cool. I, I can see at least several series, okay. several episodes, and then it could be very procedural. It could be two or three episodes, but you reach in, like you said, and you pull out. Uh, I'm trying to think of what you might pull out something ridiculous. How about, um, how about deodorant? And but you smell yourself and you realize you I have no idea, just random things, and then you're trying to figure out the entire episode. Why do I need this? And you find out actually it wasn't deodorant at all, it was something hidden in the deodorant that looked like something else, but the deodorant allowed you to get it past security at a certain checkpoint, something like that, to where you may not even know what you have until the end of the episode. And it's like deodorant, but it's got like a key shoved in the deodorant. Yeah, exactly. Something like that to where you end up with these kind of random things that that lead to why do I need this? And you know, and then the third or fourth episode of that happens early on. You're probably going to dig through the entire thing and try to figure out. Well, there's something in here because now I've got something that looks s- typical or similar, and then you can't find anything. But because you tore that up, you find out later on that you got something on your hand that allowed you to grip something tighter because you need just kind of weird. I have no idea. 
Right. Yeah. No, this is this I'm is great. Say, I'm gonna go on record and say you should start writing some stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're intriguing. This is cool. Uh, yeah, usually. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, Dylan leads me often, and you, you got some really cool. Do ideas we want to say then like a like a like a limited series? I, I yes. Just, yes. We seem to be building towards the idea that he is constantly finding things that help him commit crimes, or yeah. it seems like we're leading in kind of like a uh, shadowy direction well, i the way that he makes it seem which is a very cool idea is that it seems like he's the bad guy but he's finding things to help him actually solve a something at the end of it which yeah so yeah. I, think, I think like a mini series makes sense so you cap it like six to eight episodes yeah uh, six like I, I hour and six, a half of, like a bbc style six hour six 90 minute episodes yeah I think I think six six episodes actually sounds really cool for this. Maybe a, a a one and a half length one, so you can hit ten hours of screen time over six episodes or something. Yeah, we'll do two longer, like yeah. at the end and the and the, and, uh, the middle. Um, so this will be episode this is very three B, here. very BBC ish. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like the Sherlock Holmes stuff. That's cool. Um, okay, so it's it's gonna start episode one, right? Uh, we have this character, and what what is this character doing? Why do they find this? Genie <laughs> so it depends on how fish out of water we want him to be. If we want him to have a like a day to day gig where he might have to deal with this normally, that would help justify like I got to sneak this key through whatever security I have. But if he's just an average guy, we would need a reason for why he needs to do this. You know what I mean? Well, I think first we need to find out why this person, maybe a he. Uh, comes across this thing yeah whether it's accidental or he's like yeah. an archaeologist which i hate already nah I'm not um, that. maybe he bought something on ebay and there was something inside of that do we, we i mean we did a thrift store oh. like last week do y'all do y'all have you all ever heard not to this is an old old ebay legend it was kind of a have you heard of the ghost in jar yeah yeah no. i'm thinking maybe yeah. he actually buys the ghost in jar and it turns <laughs> out to be the genie a guy was selling. He had a jar that he claimed had a ghost in it, and it got big attention. It's like yeah. twenty three thousand dollars or something that went through. He buys a genie lamp off eBay. Yeah. Do we want yeah. him to be like? So then, why why would he do that? Why would he do what? Why would he spend? I'm assuming. I guess I went. I was following the ghost in a jar idea, huh. where it eventually well, sold for several thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, why well, would this guy spend that much money on a genie lamp? Well, well, maybe this is one of those things where he doesn't. He's not the guy that spends the big money. We find out that ghosts do exist in jars, or genies exist in these bottles, etc. And people are running up the cost, and it's crazy, and people are spending money, but they really can't find an instance of it being a real genie, etc. But he's the guy, just out of kind of random sheer curiosity, he's like. Maybe he even sees the lamp and he thinks, oh, you know what? That's a nice looking vase or whatever. And it's only like 10 cents or 15 cents because it's, it's listed as genie in a vase or genie in a lamp. And nobody believes this anymore. And he buys this thinking it's just a lamp or just a just an ornament. And he gets it home. He gets it in the mail and he's cleaning it up. And oh, my God, genie's out of the box. It's not he Christine buys it Aguilera. Off like Facebook market or something. Yeah. Or buys it off an yeah. internet. Yeah. 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 I like that. He kind of uh, he accidentally falls into something not meaning to be the person that does it. Yeah. Now, while you, while you were speaking, I was thinking you were going to go down the plot line of everybody has genies. I thought so and, too. Like, everybody has money. And this guy's like, I'm going to do something different. I'm yeah. going to wish for something that's going to help people. Uh, that, that might be kind of interesting too. 
where like there's yeah. a lot of these things out there. I've got an idea kind of brewing. I'll bring it up on a future episode. Right. I'm going to add it to the doc. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so we're <laughs> saying that there's a either way. This person has to come across this bottle, so they they buy it uh, on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, which is mm-hmm. a stupid place, but whatever. Uh, marketplace and. He, it, it's just as simple as he's cleaning it and then it comes out, right? It's like, there's Something no way there's a thing. in this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not I even sure why not. Yeah. yeah. So almost yeah, an he, ironic. He doesn't even believe in genies. He just buys it because he thinks it looks cool or it's, it fits his decor. Or maybe he had one already and he's looking for a matching pair. Maybe maybe it's like, a I don't know, something to where he's trying to f- put something together. No, I like that. Yeah. Like he's trying to make like a set of lamps or something. Like actually yeah, lamps. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, or it could be you like a, more? yeah, like in the you know what do they have like the coffee dispenser things or whatever, and you're you're trying to put together a fine thing of china, and you end up this one thing of china that you don't know has a genie in it, and so you know it has the china with the lid, and then you're like, oh, well, I got to put it in the dishwasher. You open the lid, and the genie was stuck in there. <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> Or he's like, uh, what if he's like a community theater guy, and they're putting on a traveling uh, thing of Aladdin, and he buys this lamp yeah. on marketplace as a prop. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I think oh that's God, it. I so. think that's. I like that actually. It's if, ridiculous. Uh, if, he's, if he's a theater guy, that gives him an excuse to like have to talk his way past people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then we, he's like, I don't know who in the show this is against, and then it's like a weird insular true. <laughs> Not true crime, but <laughs> murder mystery kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we're, character one. Who is it? So it's it's a it's an actor in a community theater. Either an actor or like the prop master. A prop master. I think prop master because then he would have he'd pull the stuff out of his pocket and be like, "What could I use this for?" Because he's already dealing with objects and like what they could be shown to be used for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, where do you think in the world? This community theater is located. Let's think. Small town sounds good uh, because you know, always kind of the small town theater. You get the. the it, it would be interesting, I guess. Maybe it would be interesting. It's probably uh, overdone, but small town guy ends up with this in his pocket. Suddenly, like you said, he ends up with a gun. There's the mob on the corner coming through maybe maybe they're in decatur georgia and the mob's coming through from atlanta and he has to use it to to save himself and the next thing you know he's in the middle of this large scale gang war or something and even though he's just this little simple small town guy now he's he's put himself directly in the center of something that he he had no anticipation of being there I like this mafia mob thing in community theater that's kind of cool what if like when he gets the gun it is it's not something that he has to use but it's like evidence yeah okay that would actually okay. be better yeah i yeah, like it's that better than him just having to use a gun yeah yeah, well, so maybe, maybe that, yeah and it's, it's episode two when he actually has the gun he ends up with it at episode one now he's mm-hmm. got the gun in episode two he sees the mob coming and he thinks the gun is to use to shoot but then he tries to shoot but there's no bullets in the gun so then he runs away with the gun, realizing that, oh, my God, this is completely worthless for me. But in reality, it ties up like episode three or four, where it's like the gun was presented and, and they're after him. So he's suddenly in hot water because the mob is like, hey, what are you? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, so around here, he tries to use He doesn't think to check if it's loaded when he pulls it out of his No, just, just like, oh, he assumes it's good. Yeah, it just gets scared. Yeah, Click. that's cool. Um, so what would you say is the mid-season, like a good cliffhanger mid-season finale for this? There needs to be an expansion of knowledge True. halfway through. Yes, which means I think that he might use his second wish. Okay. Okay. Right? Oh, like, yeah. The whole this thing is first based wish. His first wish. No, I forgot about yeah. that. That's nice. Yeah, so maybe at the end of this one, he's uh, he has to figure out, like, okay, now I wish I knew what this was for yeah. or something. So I think the idea of, like, a second wish here yeah. is cool, and he's, right? Yeah, and he's probably – maybe the Mafia even has him locked away now, and he's – he pulls the, this thing out of his pocket, etc. But he has no idea how to use it or what to use it. And he's like, then he has to use a second wish, and it explains to him, like you said, kind of how to get out of the situation that otherwise he couldn't have gotten out of. This yeah, and the second wish could let the mafia know that the genie exists. <laughs> this could be the yeah. um, only like if we want an action scene. This could be the only time where he like he goes, "I wish I knew how to get out of here," and then he pulls out exactly what he needs to escape, or like. You know, yeah. something like that. And that's the only time we really see any sort of... I'm imagining this isn't like a big action thing either. No. I think that he's taking a lot of this on himself and trying to solve a crime that he's thinking is yeah. existing. Um, do you like the idea of him using the second wish in front of the mob to kind of like... Because that would make the mob think like, well, now we want this genie. I like it working to at least get them paying attention to him. Like, they're like, who is this? Who is this? How does he know what to do? Like, you know, he knows something. Or it, it shows that he knows something more than they expected yeah I, no I, I mean i think that if i'm trying mob, to i'm trying to phrase it yeah i think if a mob way. knows about a genie that's going to push him into a new thing yeah at yeah. first they were trying to cover up a body or something yeah. i like the idea that the mob just knows that there are genies out there and he's like yeah. hey well, this guy's got one yeah. something like that but, yeah. yeah now now they want his third wish so now they're really maybe at first they were just trying to contain him or whatever they were like okay and then all of a sudden, it could even be because I think the thing is about the second wish is that technically, what are the rules of the wishing? Because it, in a way, it wouldn't make sense for him to have an item and go, my second wish is to use this, figure out what this item's for. I think, I mean, especially if he's, and this was on me because I said maybe he's trapped by the mafia at this point. Maybe he just wishes out. Maybe he reaches in his pants and there's nothing there. Because there's nothing that can get him out of this situation. He's trapped he by the mafia. He's he's closed in an enclosed jail that he can't get the key. There's no way out. So he just wishes he, his way out of the jail. I, he leaves the lamp at home when he gets captured and then reaches into his pocket. It's the lamp. And he goes, I wish I was out of here. Yeah. 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 Um, my question about the mafia coming after him, genie rules in this universe. Would they only have access to his third wish, or if they have a different person rub the lamp, would they have access to wishes? Unless this person is special. Yeah. Special yeah. people get wishes. What if the genie yeah. has, like, you know, I disappear for a hundred years every use, and then I come back. Mm. So one person every hundred years gets three wishes, minimal limitations. And yeah. then there's another hundred years where that person goes. Yeah. Well, what happened a hundred years ago? I mean, roaring 20s. <laughs> yeah that's cool so one, one person every 100 years yeah yeah like that yeah maybe that's like the beginning of episode four or whatever because or you know when when they see the roaring 20s or whatever and something crazy happens and you're like how does that even tie back and then at the end it's like something happens every hundred years because you know how they always do the callbacks particularly in hbo mm -hmm. shows where you'll be like why did they even show that flashback screen but it'll be something at the end that ties it together and is it going to be an episode set a hundred years ago about the last person who got wishes, and it's like a single episode focusing on that and the genie's backstory? Yeah, I like that. 
yeah. So episode, episode four is the genie's backstory. And then 100 years ago. That's cool. Okay. So uh, do you want to work on the ending of this? Like, What do you think a, a resolution yeah. is? Yeah. So if, yeah. if the first wish is to get whatever he needs and he finds mm -hmm. things, uh, so he probably solves a crime, right? Or I'm, I, I'm not even sure. I think with the gun, if, if we go and we don't have to, we're not married to this idea, of course, is if the gun comes out at the end of the first episode, and even if it's not loaded, by the end, the last episode needs to be, why was that gun uh, mm -hmm. important? And I think that it maybe it's something to the effect where uh, someone was, maybe someone of great importance that hasn't, hasn't been hasn't been even shown up until maybe the second to last episode or something where that gun is obviously needed to absolve them of a crime and something to that effect. And it's, so then he presents it and it helps this person who in turn is important. It maybe it's a attorney general or something. I don't know, but to where what they if, can. What if the gun not working mm -hmm. is the is reason important. that's important? What like, if it's he only he uses it to like threaten someone even though it's not loaded? Like it's, yeah. it gets him out of a situation just by its presence. Well, mm -hmm. I was thinking more of like, what if it's like a weird looking gun, a very like uh, specific looking gun, and somebody's on camera having this gun, and when he gets yeah. it, then it turns out like this gun isn't. A, it's like a replica gun. It's like you couldn't have done the crime. It's not real or something. I like the idea of like the gun not working tying yeah. into the end. Um, yeah. we, we can get back to that. So this is a Georgia, this is in Georgia, right? Yeah, is I that think what you so. Said? Sure. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, uh, the Georgian mafia, the, the, the I mean, my, my, my brain is going to the gun being a prop they need for a stage production. And he just completely misinterprets it. Oh, he takes it as <laughs> a murder thing. Yeah. And at the end he's like, this is a prop gun. Like this is for your show. What are you talking about? <laughs> Something like that. Maybe. Oh, that's funny. And he kind of gets in this big, huge mob yeah. thing for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe even the third, the third wish is that whole thing. He, you know, he's finally just sick of it all. And he's tells the genie, he's like, I, I wish I knew what this gun was for. And he's like, it was for your stage production moron. <laughs> that's the third wish. <laughs> yeah. Third wish is what's the gun for? <laughs> You know, because this whole episode, he's somehow or another, he still ends up getting away from the mob, and somehow or another, they end up arrested and out put, of his life or whatever. Putting something on stage, stupid. Stage adaptation of Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Um, okay. So, or since he's, you, you know what? Maybe, maybe part of the thing is too is maybe his ambition was to be more than a than a prop guy. He wanted to be a writer, but he didn't have a good idea. And this whole series. Yeah, the, the genie is like, what was it? He's like, what's this for? He's like, I wanted to give you your big break and your story so you could write this great stage play or whatever. And then he's like, he's the one that you find out wrote the play because really it all happened to him. So it's almost yeah, like we do, a, the reference. we do a Charlie Kaufman thing where it zooms out at the end and it's all happening on stage and he's in the audience. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, exactly. hard. I'm tempted. I, as so there are a few. This is for all the folks at home looking for writing advice from someone who's hardly qualified to give it. Uh, so there are a few writing tropes and storytelling techniques that 
tend to make their appearances in what some people would call novice productions. And right. I don't mean that disparagingly. The idea that the story starts with a character waking up in the morning so that we can start the day with them and meet them and see their routine and learn from them to see how they prepare. That's something that's done a lot. In genre writing like sci-fi fantasy, a lot of times a character will be introduced to them walking off of a ship into a new setting. That's very common because they get introduced to the environment and one of these tropes that you see fairly often is the idea that the main character is a writer and uses the events in the story to write their piece, which mm. is put on at the end of the play. Yeah. And I say mm. this because a friend of mine and I did this in high school, where the play yeah, is the inspiration for the story that is being told. Yeah. So while I, I like that input, I am yeah. kind of averse to doing okay. that particular thing yeah and that's a personal thing on my end no that's no. fine and partially because i think what would actually be funny is if he wrote it and then he's sitting there clapping but everybody else is booing and like they all hate it crash <laughs> 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 or it just doesn't sell he tries yeah. to sell it and there's just nobody yeah. bites yeah so and it's like yeah, so he thought so, that was yeah, and then that really leads to his second season or whatever because then the second season he's he's wondering what did this failure do? Because they said that this was this was all part of the genie's plan. He wanted me to do this, but I failed. Why is that? And then that's episode the whole six has a dramatic swerve where it's him trying to sell his written piece and nobody's. And he's like, yeah. "Well, I suppose I learned a really valuable lesson about the <laughs> the importance of hard work." <laughs> that's not a trope at all (laughs) so like the genie dan was like uh i i wanted you to be a writer uh you're not a good writer i know you wanted you wanted to try so you completed it you finished your work and he goes everybody's telling me it's trash and she goes you just wanted to write it you didn't want to sell it i want to sell it now you should have wished to be a good writer not to be a writer (laughs) that feels like such a shaggy dog ending I'm not against. I'm not against yeah, it. I I'm guess. fine with that. That just turns the entire thing into a farce. Yeah, because you think about like by episode two and three, people are like, "What is happening with this? Oh, world? what is going on here?" And again, it's like, "Oh, it's just because he's just a crappy." It's kind of like the Monty Python ending. So, yeah, yeah, no, I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, it's ridiculous, but you, you knew what you were getting when you had me on the show. That's well, no, fine. No, this yeah, is, we haven't written something like this before. There's so. also a concept rife with the opportunity for just nonsense. Yeah, like, true. Um, um, do you want to throw some more characters into this, or is this I think so. Yeah. I think we, we should we try. Cast, right? So I think we should try and get something big for episode five because we have one, two, three, four, and five is going to be the end of that second act. Yeah. Whereas we have these arcs where it's like you know, first sets it up, second one expands it, third one has that halfway point, status quo change. Mm-hmm. Fourth one has that um, tone shift tone shift where we get the genie backstory and we get some info that is relevant to the current stuff. So we need a fifth episode thing that sets us up for the finale and has some dramatic moments in it. Excuse me. To make it a... Uh... So this this seems like this would be the part where he confides in friends and the friends are like, you know, you kind of always wanted to write a story. This is a pretty good topic. And they maybe introduce the idea of him like, Hey, maybe that's what this is the whole time. Is I'm supposed to be a writer? Is that what this is? Like, is this the the is it that scene? Or is that yeah, the, that works. I mean, that works because we gotta we gotta tie that into something. We do, right? We and do. The the gun I, is what people the the fake Chekhov's gun <laughs> is what people think is like the <laughs> yeah so yeah. We're gonna pull a rug out from the Chekhov's gun. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, it's it's and, only been in every episode up until now, so it yeah. has to be used. And come to find out, it's not used at all. The main character at some point is just like, this all feels like a lot. And the genie's like, I don't know. Like from my point of view, this is all just like, you know, every hundred years something like this happens. Yeah, this is the easiest thing I've done in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just find right, out so, the genie's an asshole, and isn't aren't genies yeah. generally assholes? Yes, yeah. historically and in standard mythology. You do a genie wish is more of a curse than anything else. Yeah, like they'll give you what you kind of want, but in their way, which mm -hmm. is that monkey paw fashion. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that this episode five ends with uh, the, the guy looking at the gun and be like, what is this for? What is this for? That is it one of those kind of things? The fifth episode ends with that? Yeah. I think, I don't even know we have that scene planned. I think it's just like, we constantly see him like readjusting it. Oh, okay. He's carrying it around just in case he needs it. And he goes, I don't know what use this is for. I think or do we we find out it's a prop gun at the end of the second one? No. No. Well, we just know that he tries <laughs> to use it and it doesn't work. Right. And that's at the end of episode two. Yeah. Okay. Uh and that's when he uses his second wish to get out because the gun doesn't work. Which I have the second wish at the end of three or in three because he's captured probably in three and at the end of three he probably uses a wish to get out okay so the end of two is he tries to use a gun to no avail yeah end of three is using his second wish yeah uh which is okay that's cool yeah so is, is all right so where do we tie in that he's always wanted to write <laughs> i think we can work that in i think yeah. five should have some sort of dramatic encounter with the actual mob guys because he escapes at the end of three okay. and that's when they realize that there might be a genie involved. Do we want the fourth episode flashback to show like the last dawn of this mob interacting with the last person who had the genie lamp? So the, yeah. mob, has, the mob has been chasing the lamp for the past hundred years or so. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be like the great grandson because this has been the story passed down and, and maybe, maybe it's one of those things where even the, the original person that had the lamp a hundred years ago was actually in the mob. And they, they were taking advantage of it. And so they knew the powers of it and they were kind of passed on. But come to find out, even though it, you know, and this is all off camera, maybe it ended up being tragic to them as well, even though they, maybe they even like as the guy's dying, as the mobster's dying, he's, I wish I wouldn't have fucked with that genie or whatever. But then, you know, <laughs> but it goes through where, Sorry about the F. My bad. Mess, mess with the genie. Don't, don't acknowledge it, and people probably won't yeah, notice. Yeah, just keep talking. I've, I've been I've been pretty good up until now. Oh yeah. So, so long and short is yeah. Maybe we take and in a, in this kind of theoretical world, maybe the genie caused distress to the mob. But as time has gone on, still the other mobsters saw all the good it brought. So even though yeah. they were thinking, it, it went from being the guy who has actually had the genie ends up dying because of the genie or whatever but then yeah. the rest of the mob is like well that wouldn't have happened to me because i would have used it different it had to be on him so they're still chasing the genie yeah, yeah. and well, actually if you want to i mean technically and because if we haven't decided that the end is kind of that shaggy dog ending maybe the mob gets the genie back for the last wish this mobster that's been chasing them the whole show and then he gets that third wish He's been thinking the whole time, or maybe we don't even, that's where we flash it back. So say like, we know that the mob had the genie and it shows the first two wishes of all the mob stuff doing well for the, for the mob, the genie doing well for the mob back in the 1920s. So they know this exists. Mm -hmm. Then at the last episode, they get the guy, they get the genie, they make the final wish. It ends up 
cursing them pretty much. But then come to find out in reality, you can even do a flashback to the 20s where you show the last wish of the last mob member that had it. And he actually passed away and was like, I wish I wouldn't have messed with the genie. So kind of a they get it again. A hundred years prior, the genie kind of cursed them. And a hundred years later, the genie curses them. It would have cursed this guy, but he's kind of our hero anyway. So in reality, what saves him is the fact that he didn't get his third wish. They make they make like an incautious wish and it kind of twists on him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so what what if like what if the mob wasn't bad? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like their wish was like something good. They're 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 like ends justify the means type of people. Yeah. 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 They're they're after the and it probably would have been easier if they had just asked him. Yeah. But they're like, we're not in the business of asking people for things. <laughs> we just want world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, do we have every mob I know? So you remember the end of Trap Fruit, where we had the dark ending pro uh, epilogue, where yeah. it's like they create their meat, their plant, but it takes it kind of like overgrows the world. Yeah. Are we gonna do kind of like a dark ending twist of this, where it's like I wish for world peace, and all of a sudden it's like all humans fade away. Either humans fade away, or like aliens invade to force like a united human front or something. <laughs> That's been done, but yeah. you know what I mean. Do you think the last episode should be the mob getting the third wish, or the guy using his third wish and the mob getting the lamp, setting up for the setting future? up a hundred years yeah. for them to have it? So they hey, the sequels in a hundred years. <laughs> we could do sci-fi genies, uh, sci-fi mobster genie. Yeah, time traveling. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> sci-fi mobster lot. genie. Uh, Sometimes the more adjectives you throw on your genre, the easier it is, because you only have so many things you can do to make sense, or you just have the freedom to do whatever you want. That's true. Uh, we're at the hour mark. Do you want to yeah. wrap this up? Or not wrap, sure, it, wrap up. it up? No, not oh, wrap it up. Oh, no. no. Our, our runtime's been cut. <laughs> no. no. Uh, so, hi, everyone at home. This is Talking Upstream. My name is Dylan. This is Zach. We are joined here by our friend Mikey from Whack Brackets Podcast. And this is Talking Upstream, a 90-minute writer's room in which Zach and I and our guest, if they're willing to stick around, uh, bring some ideas to the table. We choose one. We focus on that and spin it into something that we can potentially build on later. Uh, this week, the chosen idea was Dark Genie slash Swiss Army Pants. Slash <clears throat> First Wish. Slash First Wish. Um in which a guy finds a genie, makes a wish that he could reach into his pocket and get whatever he needs to work that current situation to his favor. Everything seems to be going kind of fun. He's having some shenanigans. Then he pulls out a gun. And there's mobs involved and general genie nonsense. Yeah, just some all-around tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a little okay. limited series for you, yeah. uh, HBO, if you're watching. I know you're watching. I know you watch. Yeah, please. So we're saying it's a six-episode uh, miniseries. Yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, I think we need to work on the characters we a do. little more because right now they are—they're just uh, yeah a person. Um, so what do you think this mob's up to? Do we need to know? Are they like Chicago-style gangsters, like suits? I don't or think is so. It a cool mob, like axe mob Very, or something. Ooh, axe axe gang, hatchet what? gang. Yeah. Um, I think a trowel troop. <laughs> Kind of a shovel squad. Uh, professional yeah. dancers. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, we can go like Warriors route and pick like a weird Rival gang. theater company. A different, <clears throat> an improv troupe. <laughs> how wet? Okay, so how wacky are we going to go with this? Well, it's a genie. It's already stuff. pretty nuts. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't, like the idea that no matter what they're looking for, no matter what they're trying to do, I like the idea that they present an actual threat. Yeah. 
I like that. Yeah. I don't think we should make them uh, like shtick. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, no. they they are threatening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Georgia, to do uh, Georgia mob. I don't know what Atlanta's like organized crime scene is like. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's hot, Atlanta. What what, what do you call it when uh when like a piece of property is sought after by the police? You call it hot? No, I I think it's if it's stolen. Right, but what do you what do you call that? There's a specific term. Specific. I don't know for stolen property. (laughs) Yeah, a hot hot item is stolen property. Hot goods. Is that is that it? Yeah, doesn't sound right, but I think it might be. Something that's hot is a stolen thing. I learned it from Fast and the Furious. Okay, then yes. Yeah. So hot properties. Yeah. What are you talking about then? I I lost my train of thought partway <laughs> through that conversation. Let's get back to what the mafia is doing. <laughs> so hot <laughs> properties. <laughs> I think I think part of what they're doing should spin off from the wishes they made in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what wish did they make in the twenties? 1920. I mean, they could make a wish to be bootlegged, like the top yeah. bootleggers, and then suddenly prohibition ends. Yeah, when does like, prohibition well, end? Crap. Uh, prohibition, prohibition was from, from 20 to 33. Yeah, 33. 1920 oh, wow. to 33. Okay. So that can't happen. <clears throat> Unless they wish to be the only makers of alcohol in prohibition. That, well, that's, that was the wish, maybe, is it was legal to do alcohol until 1920, and they wished for prohibition because they already had all the stills and everything, and they knew how to run the alcohol. Oh, they that's not bad. Yeah, so they wished for prohibition. It also yeah. kind of ju- explain how prohibition came to be. That's nuts. Yeah. So okay, Just so the like scale that. of it. So we're yeah. flashback in episode five to the 1920s where they wish for prohibition. I think so. And that's when they killed somebody to get the third wish, and that's what they wish for there, which would make uh, the viewers of this think that they're going to kill this guy to get his third wish. Yeah. Right? That's cool. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, what would their wish be now? Uh, maybe, maybe they even try to wish for prohibition again. I don't know. Or, or maybe they... Uh, Maybe they'd stop the legalization of marijuana. I was yeah, kind of leaning in that direction as yeah, well. Yeah, like, or mushroom. Yeah, uh, just recreational. Another another substance being banned. Yeah, I, yeah. I I I like it, but I think it should instead of repeating it, I think we should rhyme with it. So okay. like, okay. they're trying to they're trying to corner the market on something that's more relevant to the night to nine to twenty twenty three or wherever this is set. Yeah. But also they've been wanting this yeah. thing for a hundred years. So there is that back thought of like, they've been thinking about yeah. this for a while. Which is why I think it should no. be similar well, to maybe, what they did previously without being a direct what, repeat. Well, last time they stopped prohibition. How about this time? Let's get even more, let's get more kind of off the rails. Maybe they own the supply chain for Oxy or, or whatever. So they want to legalize it because they already have the supply chain and they know that they could, they could literally own the entire supply chain tomorrow that, and that does make pretty them more overt villains yeah i'm okay with them being i'm villains. fine with that too yeah i was just joking with them being good people. okay yeah um so they're gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're the mob uh in atlanta so they are trying to corner the market on what pharmaceutical uh could what, be pharmaceuticals like, opiates let's see metropolitan atlanta drug abuse trends or is it a cure for something well, you know it's relevant like, now, but we'll, we'll avoid that. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, like like an AIDS cure, cancer cure. Oh, yeah. Like, what if like the insulin? Insulin yeah. makes them very villainous if yeah, they're yes, trying to corner the market on that with magic. So what what do they what do they wish for? 
that they yeah. corner the market because they, they own all the <laughs> insults. Like, what if what if this is less mafia and you find out in like episode five that it's like big pharma, the, the underground like fixers for a pharmaceutical company. Ooh, cool. Yeah, they which went, they is the pharmaceuticals. This literally could be tied to the mob. Yeah. So big pharma is actually the mob, mm -hmm. and every hundred years they are on the cusp of stopping something, something, or controlling something. For at least benefit. this time and last time. Yeah. 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 Um, so what is it this time? You like the insulin? I'm I'm leaning towards because that diabetes. because well, it's still relevant and it's diabetes and yeah. it's necessary, but it's also horrifically price fixed in current day. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. What what was it in 1820? What was it, insulin? No, no. What was their thing? Oh, in 1920. 1820. Oh, I assumed that 1920 was the first time they had done it, and oh. 1820 was just someone else with a genie lamp. Unless we want them to be like a secret organization of genie chasers. I think for I think oh, for my, uh, let me see. Uh, I think from see. my knowledge, if they've been doing this throughout history, yeah, like corner like 1820, the, the Black Plague thing, uh, or whenever that was. Uh, I'm not saying that's when it was, but just something like the the, the you're off by a thousand years Spanish fly or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's gotta be something in 1820 that like they they whatever right. we'll, we'll get back to that. So yeah. big pharma, they're doing an insulin thing this time. Um, what what ties them into this? Is it that they they know that uh, character one bought the lamp? I think he outbids them in some way. That yeah, like their internet goes down failing. or something. It's a direct failing of the people who work for them, and he manages yeah. to sneak in the winning bid. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so and now, you know, you guys do internet. It's not always consistent. So you're sitting there with your little eBay snipe, and you're thinking, oh, well, we're going to get this, and you set the high bid and, or whatever. and Or maybe they just they hired somebody that usually the way this works, as you know, is especially with the mob, it's going to be like, wow, little Joey, you see here, he's like the nephew of, of big meatball Tony. And, and, and it's like little Joey doesn't know anything about the internet. And he's sitting here actually trying to hammer fist out eBay bids instead of using a sniper. And the next thing you know, his internet goes down right before the bid happens. And then he loses out. So little Joey's just messes up and they're, they, they know the name, they know the winning bidder. And then they just go after him. So you know what was a massive commodity in the 1820s in the South? What? Cotton. Oh, oh God. You can make them real villainous. Oof, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm into that. Yeah. That's, uh, 18, well, the good news is, is we don't even have to worry about the 1820s yet. If you want to have a second season, that's where you could even do the flashbacks of 1820s, 1720s, 1620s. Yeah, I just need, in my brain, to, to find out who these people are. Yeah. I mean, a little more backstory. Like, it, it is almost like a... Uh, yeah. uh, the Illuminati. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like they've been doing this since like, yeah. the dawn of time. Since the dawn of genies. Yeah. Yeah. Were the jinns were the first genies? Jinns, sure. It depends on the mythology <laughs> sure. you follow. We're not, I don't think we need to worry about that for this. Well, I got to worry about this. I'm writing stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's next? We got we to gotta work on our character. Let me get some character work done. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So character one is uh, he, uh, he, they're a prop master. Small town. I think they want to be a writer. Sure. Yeah, right. I'm fine. I'm fine with that happening. Okay. Is it a boy or girl? Let's make it a female. Just cool. for yeah. We. I mean, it's, it it's easy. Yeah. It's okay. Female. What's her name? Claire. <laughs> Rebecca. A, a, a Jehoshaphat. Cassie. Uh, Cassie. Audrey. Cassandra. Audrey. Audrey. 
Uh, I'm okay with Audrey. Yeah. Okay, so Audrey is a prop master in a uh, Georgia, Atlanta, I guess a suburb of Atlanta. Right? Yeah. Um, we'll figure that out later. So an Atlanta uh, community theater troupe. She wants to be a writer, and she... We decided... Let me ask you this. At the end, have we decided, are we getting rid of the original ending where it's kind of all ties together? Because she doesn't have to be a writer at this point. Well, I think that it still works. I think it still works to and, include okay. that. And I kind of like it as it's like... it's funny because like yeah. everyone's, everyone's going to think up here that this gun is a big deal. And yeah. That's and then is. people are going to think the genie's a big deal. Yeah. And then yeah. the mob, the bad guys have such high, like lofty aspirations. Yeah. And then it turns out and you wanted to be a writer, so this gun. I mean, why did you get involved in this? Because I got that gun out of my pocket. Well, yeah, there you go. It was what you needed to write this. And she's like, yeah. "That's kind of messed up." And she yeah. goes, "I don't know. I'm a genie. I don't have morals." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we could we could include a joke about uh, you know women's clothing not having pockets. Love so that. she has to like wear make men's jeans. Yeah, she's pulling out a <laughs> tiny coin pocket for no reason. Or she's like yeah. she she goes to like pull something out in public. And she pulls something really big out of a tiny pocket. Oh. She's like, I gotta I gotta prepare for this, I guess. And then other girls like, whoa, that's a lot Where'd of pocket Where'd you get those space. jeans? Where'd you get that dress? <laughs> oh, what a great pocket. Okay, so um, Audrey. Audrey. That's cool. Uh, she bids on the lamp yeah. for the show. Yeah. They're doing a traveling sure. version of Live Aladdin. Disney's Live Aladdin. Sure. Traveling. Traveling? Well, because they're in Atlanta. Are they not putting a show on in Atlanta? Do they not? Are they not Atlanta based? Well, it's a community theater. Yeah. Wait, do not, do they not have community far. theaters in Atlanta? Oh, I meant like a traveling show. Like it's not the Broadway version of it. It's like oh, it's a little... oh, they got the rights yeah. to it. Right, they something. got the rights. To it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, think gotcha. I, just, I thought okay. you meant like a traveling troupe, and I'm like, no, here's <laughs> it. <laughs> traveling improv troupe. No. Uh, no, I mean it, it's like it's uh, not traveling. Yeah. Community theater thing of that. Um, and it's her job to get that, which is cool. Uh, and then she wishes for, yeah, I think that's cool. She wishes to always have the things she needs because yeah. she's looking for inspiration. She's looking yeah. for whatever. Um, what other characters do we want to call? What kind of genie is this? So I think the genie, man, male presenting or female presenting genie? I've never seen a female genie. I dream of genie. <laughs> Touche. The first one in popular culture. Sorry, beyond. I, guess, I guess I forgot about the '60s <laughs> sitcom show. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, uh, female genie. Oh, it could be. Like yeah. That. No, I'm cool with that. Uh, but not. Uh, like you know the, what? I, I think. I think maybe the male, male genie. Since we got a female lead, could cool. be. I mean, could be either. Could be a low key style where they just change their very asexual genie. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like Pat from Saturday Night Live. If you remember that character, <laughs> they you know, show. Yeah, they show up and it's just yeah. like. I mean, what do you want? Like, you know. What do you want me to be? What do you want me? What do you want me to be? Do you want me to be yeah. this? Do you want me to be that? Like, it shows up like a girl like, oh, it's a girl genie. Like, do you want me to be a guy? I'll be a guy. Whatever. You, yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever you're more comfortable talking to. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> sex is a you guys thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So there is a... Uh, do you want to give him a name? Dog? Yes. The genie's name is... Um, Wait. <laughs> you got me. Let me think. Um, what's, a, what's a genie name? Um, she got me. Oh, she got me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sham wow. No, uh, what if what if it's just like, what do I call you? Bob. Call me what you wish. Yeah. Can I call you Frank? If you wish. Sure. If you like. 
Yeah, he's Wait, a genie. You said I mean, if I wish, does that mean that's one of my wishes? No, it's a, it's a matter of speaking. Dude, I'm the genie. Do you need a name? Yeah. <laughs> How many genies are you? I'm the genie. Yeah, the the singular. Yeah. So that's name. That's his name. It's just a the. Yep. The. Played by DJ Khaled. <laughs> I'm God, the genie. Jason Derulo. Uh, okay, so pops gonna... out Jason Derulo. <laughs> oh, this genie. Never mind. I'd rather the Will never Smith mind. Genie. Just bury it. <laughs> okay, what else we got to work on here? We know that the I think we need a few more characters. Um, even but, straight up, because I think while all this nonsense is going on, uh, Audrey is going to be juggling escaping these people and also trying to do her theater work. True. Yeah. So we need. I think we need like the director of the show, like the, Definitely. the theater master. I don't know. He's what, a jerk. The... Yeah. He's a jerk. So he's so. like a like a like a failed actor. Kind yeah. Of, that, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, small town. And then we have a, a, a small cast. And I guess, yeah. like, uh, so um, Audrey's going to need, like, a friend to, to, to bounce stuff off. And, and that's when you get the idea that they like, that Audrey wants to be a writer. So, I'm imagining this theater master played by Steve Coogan, and I don't know why. Dude, that's perfect. <laughs> Putting the accent on. Yeah, Steve Coogan can do anything. Um, now, we need somebody in the cast that Audrey's friends with. Uh, what other cast members are there? It'll be the, the tiger, right? Jasmine's tiger. <laughs> her friend, it's her friend's first theatrical performance. She auditioned. She got cast in the role of the tiger. Yeah. So the friend is uh, the tiger role. Uh, Jasmine's kind of a jerk. Aladdin's probably a jerk. Um, They're all stuck up. Yeah. Lead roles in small town community theater production. Yeah, dude, it's a thing. I know those people. Yeah. Me too. I know those people. <laughs> okay, so what else we work on here? We, we got have... Meatball Tony. Me Meatball Tony's <laughs> ideal. Yeah, I broke that down. He's an enforcer of some sort. Yeah. Maybe. Who's Who's the main? So we need the leader of this group, whether the whole the whole organization or just the collective going after her. Yeah. We need the people who pursue her on the ground. Right. So the goons. Yeah, yeah. and the goon <laughs> leader. Yeah, I think Meatball Tony could technically be the goon leader, but he's not yeah. the main goon, so to speak. No. He's not He's not the one doing the full work that's after. No, and he's then the someone needs to be the one who is, like, given the mobster wish, like the one they're kind of like, you know, once we get the once we get the lamp, we hand it off to so-and-so because... Yeah. yeah, so it obviously has to be the person that messed up the eBay order or the yeah. Facebook order. So they got to go back and they go, listen, little Joey, like you need to do this. You, you're the reason we're here to begin with. Little Joey, and little he has like a fledgling music career out of Atlanta. Little Joey, who's seven foot one. <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, he's wishing he were like ludicrous, but he's, he's not. On the end, he's like, do I yeah. help you guys or do I wish to be sure? <laughs> um. Okay, so we have most of the people in the theater troupe. We have our main character. We have our genie, who's named The, which is cool. Um, where, where else are we at here? We have our six we have our six solid episodes. Well, I think two should get maybe a little bit more worked out. Yeah. Um, and then what, how, what's the end again? So I have written down for the end. The third wish is knowing that the gun was a prop for the stage production so that they, so that she learns she wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. But then we also had the idea that the mob could get the final wish and accidentally curse themselves or something. Yeah, I think that the mob should not get the final wish. Okay. They should be there when the final wish is there. And that's like their big disappointment is like, that's all you wanted to wish for was yeah. a freaking story? And they get the spent lamp. 
Yeah. Or does the lamp just disappear and then reappear a hundred years later? No, I think they get it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Okay. Because it's like, okay, there's a cliffhanger for way later. They have to wait a hundred years. Yeah, but yeah. they're in possession of it. Yeah. So they have or, years or what happens is the whole, whole time they've been chasing this lamp and then come to find out because the genie's in the lamp, but we could even have where there's something else in the lamp that incriminates the mob. So at the end, they have the lamp. They think this is a good thing. The cops come in. They're in possession of the lamp that says, hey, this is this is a stolen lamp or it's got something in it. And then it looks like the mob is, has stolen the lamp when in reality they haven't had it this whole episode. So the lamp itself was a murder weapon? Or a museum uh, piece that got yeah. stolen. Oh, stolen museum piece. Or it, ha- or it actually has a murder weapon inside of it. Something to that effect. To yeah, where- I, I do. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, once the mob gets it, then it's a detriment to them. It's incriminated. Yeah. So yeah. either a murder weapon or stuff. I think stolen from a museum. Because then you can yeah. say, like, that, that's how all the stuff was beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a big museum swipe. People were selling stuff on Facebook. And uh, Audrey just happened to get this friggin' thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, this fell off the back of a truck or something. And oh, it, classic. Yeah, the, the old fall off the back of the truck trope. Yeah. Like speakers outside of a Sears. Yeah. That's how I got mine. <laughs> okay, so where where else are we at in this? So we're 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 gonna finish with it. She writes a story and that was ultimately her real wish because she's selfish, I guess. That's fine. So the second episode we have written down that she sees the mob and thinks it guns for the mob boss, but it doesn't work. That feels mm-hmm. really bold for her. You know what I mean? Well, well I, I mean, think maybe I, even in the first episode, maybe she's she keeps finding things in her pocket and she's getting bold. She starts off finding out the floss or whatever, and then she's got, and then all of a sudden it's this, oh, uh, she goes up and she wants to buy something crazy, and she gets something crazy off the shelf, like a, an expensive watch or something, and then all of a sudden she has twenty thousand dollars in her pocket. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, th- this can do anything for me. So yeah. she kind of gets oh. this confidence, this false confidence. So oh, when she pulls yeah. the gun out, it becomes, well, of course I'm going to use this to protect myself because. It, Nothing goes wrong. It's all, it's all working out for me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do it too. doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I also like a scene where maybe she really wants this expensive thing. So she thinks she's going to pull the money out and she actually pulls the watch out. And the, the people are like, are you stealing? And she's like, no, no. That's not, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, what else actually, there? It's Nothing. Great. And she just pulled more watches out. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls a watch out. She pulls like a... a, a like a memory card that has footage of her not stealing the watch <laughs> on it. <laughs> She's like faster shoes for her run. <laughs> but I think this, I think this has video of me. This'll, not this will help. And everybody's just like looking at her and she just yeah. leaves. <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. I think that's funny. And I think, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of room for, com- there's a lot of room for comedy in these first two episodes. And I think that. that, I think that'll help. Like once this gun almost gets fired, mm-hmm. then it goes dark for a little yeah, bit. Two and episodes then, or so. And then we know like, Oh, the mob is here. Like they're trying yeah. to get this wish. The mob knows about things. Uh, then we get that, that flashback to the mob being like real grimy in the 1920s. I think we should have, I think fourth episode should be half flashback, half current day stuff. And mm-hmm. it just kind of alternate scenes. The only thing that I, I mean, I agree. The only thing that I think we're missing is the person who informs somebody of something. Like, no one's telling the genie rules. No one's explaining the genie stuff. So either we just kind of go with it, like, we know this is a genie. We know the genie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that where we're going with I it? assume the genie would also would be the one to, like, show up and be like, yes, I am uh, back. All right. Three wishes. Wait, the, ex- the exposition appearance? 
Ah, it is me after 100 years and only one I mean, not so blunt, not so blunt, but like Audrey would ask like, you know, okay. Like she is she's doing Aladdin. So she knows that what genies are. What if, like, the tiger friend did so much research to get in this role? She, she wanted knows, to be the yeah. genie role. She knows everything about genies. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's what. Well, you know, historically, you know, the genie myth was actually not a start. Of, you know, did I even call genies? Yeah. Called gins. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like well, we're not drinking on stage. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here, and she pulls out gin in her pocket. I didn't want this. Pulls out a shot glass. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Where do you want to go with this now? I think we have a really good. I think the genie's got a cool characterization. I think the mob has a good backstory. I think that Audrey has a great backstory. Um, I think we need to figure out what half, what the half of episode four is that takes place in the modern day. Because episode three ends with Audrey wishing herself free from the mafia, and they know that she has it. Yeah, I think that somehow Audrey has to get the information that the mob has been doing this for a while. So maybe yeah. the... Oh, I don't me. think it should come from the genie itself. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know how, but at some point, Audrey needs that knowledge and she pulls out a scroll. And the scroll she pulls out the script, <laughs> the script for the show. She's like, Huh, first wish, this is interesting. Oh, snap. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a different, I that's a that's a short we're doing. That's different. Fifth we'll file wall, that away. Fifth wall breaking. <laughs> um, like, but you keep yeah. seeing you don't. You keep seeing, okay. saying like, like things aren't going to end well. Like what are you what are you talking about? Well, I mean, just look at the last page of the script. Zach and Dylan gave me the script. What do you mean he gave you the script? I mean, <laughs> he gave me the script. Oh. They only gave me they gave, they only gave me my lines. <laughs> they gave you the like, whole script. I think I'm going to stop watching the show. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> stops after that episode. Just like, all right, this is getting I don't too. Know what these guys are up to? <laughs> uh, who who's so who's the they head need a of better the... editor? Yeah. <laughs> we know. Who's the head of Big Pharma? Is it uh, a person? Is it the penguin? Is it an AI? It's well, an AI. What's the opposite of a person? Well, I mean, like, is, is it, it a, one person? Is it, like a, is, it a, is it a collective? A brain in a jar? Is it like a like a Knight Templar? Oh, I see. <laughs> is it? Is I, it I a, think it's a. I mean, look, you know, not that we have to throw in all of big pharma. I'm sure there are big pharma people that are good people. Like, I just wouldn't know of any. But there's <laughs> there's got to be at least one. But. <laughs> But I think that this is definitely this is probably not the head head of Big Pharma. This could be like the secondary, like the vice president or whatever. And he's he's trying to get he's trying to get the promotion, et cetera. And this is going to be a big to do for him. Now he may be come to find out he may be being pushed by someone above him. We don't know, but definitely he's not he's not the head honcho. It, would, board. Be, it would be funny if like this is like the magical sect of big farm to go, look, we don't think this is going to work, but we have to just give them like a little mm -hmm. bit of money. So it is like this offshoot of big pharma. It's like the magical, the part. apothecary, big yeah. apothecary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I It's the board and just a bunch of identical, like crew cut people in like tight, sharp suits. Oof, nice. Yeah. It's just a bunch of floating tablets. And that's it. <laughs> it's a brain in a jar. Yeah, it's old iPod shuffles. <laughs> we go, we go like old weird John Carpenter with it, and it's like we see the meeting of the of the board of it. It's like everybody rise and they rise up, and someone has like a two wheel like dolly, and they're just wheeling a jar full of like a, a giant brain. Oh, it, it set it down and turn. It's like, and then of course everybody stops watching. <laughs> it's like, like a long last dinosaur that can yeah. speak. <laughs> it's wheeled in. That's so <laughs> obviously not. No, um, I like the idea that they are. I like the idea that it's like an old 
organization that's kind of worked their way up into this position. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Meatball Tony's come to find out it's like Meatball Tony's uncle is like in Big Pharma. So the Big Pharma and the mob have had all these ties together for years. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's it. That's about it. Joey Bag Joey, Joe Bag of Donuts. <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts. Uh, we're it. That's our time. Oh, that's great. This is a weird story. I kind of like this one. This is a weird one. Yeah, this is a good I like one. it. I, I always like when things kind of wrap like that. That's, that's yeah. cool. Um, Mikey, thank you yeah. so much for hanging out. We really, really appreciate it. I definitely, for 100% sure, know we would not have come up with this no. if it was not for your help. And this is interesting. So we're going to keep working on this. Uh, All right. Before we let you go, if you want to let people know one last time who you are, where to find you, et cetera, et cetera. I can do it. Yeah, this is Mike with Whack Brackets, the podcast, which is a podcast, just a podcast, not about podcasts, but just a podcast. But you can get it any of the social media platforms at Whack Brackets. Again, reach out to me. Give me ideas. Uh, Mikey at Whack Brackets, talking upstream at whackbrackets.com, wherever. Uh, long story short, you can reach out to me on all the social media platforms. But more importantly, you can check out my podcast as well as check out these guys, uh, the Some Nobodies Media. Pretty much their entire catalog is is fire, as the kids may say. As all those kids may say, these guys fire the lids. But no, Zach, Dylan, thank you guys for having me on. This has been a this has been a blast. Hopefully, it wasn't too crazy. Again, I I, I tend to go off to to crazy crazy tangents and. I think you guys helped yeah. me reel me in. So. No, that's what we do. Yeah, we, it look, is. This show is a 90-minute tangent. Of that's it. That's yeah. Your 90-minute tangent <laughs> is the blurb. That's our next show idea, 90-minute <laughs> tangent. Uh, okay, folks, thank you very much for watching. We really appreciate it. Like Dylan said, this is Dylan, and I'm Zach, and we are Some Nobodies. You can go to somenobodies.com and see all the weird stuff that we're creating as we edit these things down, as we're trying to get people going. We have actors in our team. We have musicians in our team. We're really trying to create a whole bunch of weird stuff. If you want to help us, support us, uh, really kind of push us into making some more stuff, you can always go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies and help us out. Some yeah. people that do help us out, Scott Curtis over at Behind the Bits podcast. Uh, he's been awesome. He's, he's uh, a super fan and yeah. uh, it is equal. We love that guy. He's great. We have uh, Tony Sheck. We have our friend Sarah Tkachik. We have Listener App. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on, guys. So please... Check us out. Check out Whack Brackets. Yeah. And uh, come back next week and see what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs>